morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Monday afternoon, it's the coveted hour. Martin Kilcoin down at Blues practice. Charlie Marlowe on his way back from San Jose. I'm Jim Hewer in with Brian Hoffman and Matt Rocchio today for the midday grind. So many things to get to today on the show. So many possibilities. Everyone's in a great mood. Blues win yesterday. At one win away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. However. Stanley Cup final. They're in the Stanley Cup playoffs. What did I just say? You said one went away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, from the final. Yes, sorry. See, I'm so one. I'm so overwhelmed with excitement. I can't even get it straight. Yes, one win from the Stanley Cup finals because it'll be the first time I've actually had the chance to see a Stanley Cup final here in St. Louis. It was weird. I was thinking yesterday, tomorrow night's going to be the biggest Blues game of my life. Yep. I was born in 89, so I wasn't around during... Yeah. I wasn't born Game 7 against Calgary after the... After the miracle. So I, that was my thought. This is the biggest, I'm now almost 30, the biggest Blues game in my entire life. Yeah, the, the first, I was thinking about this earlier today. This is the biggest hockey game in my, in my life, potentially the biggest hockey memory in my life. Because up until this point, my most concrete hockey memory as a child was my parents, who love sports but don't aren't the kind of like super scream at the television kind of people, get up screaming, cursing, and throwing things as Brett Hall wins a Stanley uh, Cup. That was my uh, most that was my most like embedded hockey memory was another was another St. Louis Blue going to another team and finally winning a cup. This could easily top it tomorrow night. Yeah, that's that's interesting for you guys. I can relate to many other disappointments. So this is why I'm so overwhelmed right now. I'm really thinking this is the year it's gonna happen. So many good things to talk about in this hour. Also, we'll hear from Martin Kilcoin here in just a little bit, who's down at the Enterprise Center getting reaction from guys as they get ready for the game tomorrow night. However, everybody was in a great mood after the win yesterday. Now, last night, HBO had their final <laughs> of Game of Thrones. I have not watched any episode up until I did watch last night. Now, I, there's a lot of things I'm watching. I go, okay, I, I'll have to go back and watch and figure things out. Now, both of you have watched the entire series. I have heard... Oh, wow. This is way enough. I have a very interesting question now. I have heard both pros and cons. And it was the most watched thing going on in television yesterday. Good or bad from you guys? Wait, so you watched it? I watched the end. Okay. Just the end? Just, the, 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 well, just the, pretty much the whole episode. Okay, yeah. so quick question. Because this is kind of my entire... Um, Reasoning behind this argument, kind of, I can't believe you're the perfect specimen. What did you think of the episode? Did you think, it, were you like, that's an enjoyable hour and 20 minutes of television? I'll be or? honest with you. I tried watching one episode a while back, and I just, I couldn't get into it. I watched it last night, and I told myself, I, no matter what, I was going to finish it out, just so I could say I saw it. There was a lot of things I wasn't aware of 
in previous episodes, which made me go, okay, I thought it was odd. It just, the whole thing was odd to me and trying to figure out, okay, why and how is this happening? Just, and again, I don't have any reference previous. I just thought it was odd and I'm going, boy, there seems like there's a lot of open-ended things that are left here. And if I was, what is it? Six, six years? Eight. 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 If I well, was, I guess nine because there was a inv- gap year. But if, yeah. if I was invested in it as long as you guys have, I would have been a little disappointed in what I, the final outcome was. Your guys' thoughts on what you saw? I don't think I knew what a good ending would have been, so I tried to keep an open mind as much as possible. I wasn't trying to guess along with what might end up because my assumption was, I'd probably be wrong and then bothered that I was wrong. My whole issue this whole season, and I thought overall it was pretty good. I didn't hate it as much as some people did because I think some people, again, had had it solidified how they wanted it to end, and when it drifted away from that, then they felt like the show was betraying them. I always felt that they rushed it and that this could have been a really good 12-episode season. And same with the last half of the, of the last season prior. And I felt yesterday was a great example of it because – they tried to do two things at once, and they tried to smush it together. It didn't quite work. They tried to do the how everyone handles the aftermath of what happened at King's Landing the episode before, and then how everyone handles Jon Snow after, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I guess, after you know after Jon Snow does what he does at the end of the first half of that episode. Right. And I felt that if you take those two parts, which are good storylines, and extend them each to an hour— then you have two really good episodes. You have one episode where you can go beyond the ruins of King's Landing and go back to Winterfell and get the, the viewpoint of Sansa and Davos and, and everyone else involved in this when they hear what happened and how they reacted to it. Instead, you only got the reaction of Jon Snow and Tyrion, and that was about it. And then you can get into the, the arrest of Jon Snow, and then more so... The attitude of Grey Worm. I thought that that was a, that could have been a really cool storyline. How he deals with everything. How they convince him with sending Jon Snow to um, to the North. How how they can convince him of that, and then how he comes to realize that maybe revenge isn't what he's what is needed. He needs to move on, which I think is the point they make. But there's no there's a he's pissed. There's c he's okay with moving on, but there's no b. Yeah, and I felt that if you had That's extended. Been- that last part to an hour as its own episode, you could have seen B, and I thought that could have been nice yeah. to see. The steps between things have always been where they, yes. they, they've, they've lost a lot of things. That was my big Christmas was last week, is that I can see Danny going nuts on people, but we need more examples and things happening to her that develop that, that part of her character. Um, yeah, I'm one, of those, I'm one of the only people, as I'm seeing on, on Twitter and things, that, that actually kind of came away liking the episode. And it's weird for me because I'm, I'm, I, you know, I came to the show as somebody who'd already read the books, and so I, I've had a very different opinion in a lot of ways. I bailed on the show after the fourth season because I was like, this is getting to a point where I can't sustain this anymore. I bailed on the show after the fourth season. I only came back to it because of this, so we could talk on about, so we could talk about the most popular piece of culture going on right now. I thought it was, you know, responsible. Um, and I, I hated all of season seven and eight. I railed on almost every single episode. And I came out of that one actually not kind of angry. And I'm not really sure why now because everyone else seemed to hate it. It's just that so many of the weak points 
I've complained about already. The, the the quickening of the pace is something I've I've harped on all since season in the beginning of season eight. The the thin kind of turns of character that don't seem to have a lot of backing and, and, and seem to after playing out not have the force behind them they need to stay. Like John being imprisoned for killing a tyrant makes a lot of sense. And we've seen this in stories before where where every, where every fan is going to say, yeah, but he did the right thing. But he still has to pay for the fact that it was a crime at the time. Yes. We've seen that, and I, I can okay with that. But you're right. As soon as Grey Worm at the end is like, okay, let's go to Nath. Nath. Let's. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna go kind of, con, you know, come to peace with my other demons and leave. Well, as soon as that happens, why can't Bran just turn around and say, John, you're allowed back, you know, away from the Night's Watch? And I they had this. You. They had this throwaway line <laughs> that so was basically like, just, <laughs> you know, hey, Grey Worm wasn't happy about it, but we talked him into liking it. Well, that would have been a cool scene to see. Grey Worm being yes. pissed and wanting John dead, and then someone, whether it's Sansa or Bran or someone on that panel, explaining to him why yes. that this is an acceptable punishment or at least an acceptable route to take. I feel like for a show that has always excelled in scenes of dialogue mm-hmm. and not so much scenes of action, which it does well at, Very but just well scenes of, of plain dialogue where that one scene of Tyrion and Jon just talking about what happened mm-hmm. was a really good, good scene. They brought back them bringing back that line uh, from Aemon in the season 1. That was a season 1 yes. line they brought back duty duty is the death of uh or, or love is the death of duty and how and then he flips on he kind of flips it on him later in the episode or later in the conversation. It was thin and, and that was that's kind of been the problem with the show and you know part of this is on the showrunners, part of this is on the actors. They said to the showrunners make Make a season nine. The showrunner yep. said, "No, we can't do that." They said to the showrunners, "Make eight episodes. Made an eight episode season." They said, "No, let's do this." And part of the reason they didn't do a season nine is because they didn't think they could get all the actors back. And so, there's some issues on both ends. But there, yeah, it, it's thin. But I thought with the very bare bones plane they were still flying, they landed it. It was. It's over. Some are disappointed, some are happy. <laughs> Doug's prison wallet, by the way, what kind of monster watches the last episode of a series? He's got a point. Yeah, that is a little does, psychopathic. That's a legit Look, point, Jim. I was there but said, I, I'm glad you were here for it. <laughs> I'll see what I can find out. Let's go down to the Enterprise Center where Martin Kilcoin is standing by. Martin, a lot of happy people in this town. Are they happy down at the Enterprise Center today? Uh, they are, Jimmy, but first, I'm going to call this an intervention. Are you nerds talking about Game of Thrones? Hold on. This was, hold on, hold on. This was after two hours of Blues and Cardinals talk. We did talk Blues. We, that was all last hour. You guys get on a message board and talk about dragons, okay? That's not what this station is for. It's for sports and an afternoon that's not about sports and late night political <laughs> talk. That's, okay, talk about whatever the hell you want to do. Oh, that is awesome. Hey, uh, obviously the guys come home and everybody's in such a great mood. What, what's the message coming out of there this morning? I think in, in today's collection of guys talking, you had Bozak, O'Reilly, Petrangelo, uh, then Craig Berube talked, and and I, you would never say it, and a guy like LaRusso would kill you if you ever said somebody looked comfortable or whatever. But I think this is a team very confident, and how could you not be after what happened? And I think just feeling good. And it's not just the 5 nothing Sunday win. You go back, the, the hand toss, the game they lost. I mean, they could have won that game. We don't know for sure if they would have. But I think they feel they played really well in about four straight games. You go back to San Jose in game two. Other than the opening game, they played very well. So I think they feel confident. You never know what will happen. You could have some bad puck luck. You don't know. 
Um, but I think a little bit at ease today, and they're aware. Even Craig Ruby said, I feel it around town. It's a great sports town, and I can sense the excitement. And, you know, we all see those let's go blues signs hanging from businesses. Whoever's in the sign business, maybe our old buddy John Marisick, I think those guys are making <laughs> out like bandits. Because I think every company is looking around and saying, well, I, I need one of those. I need one of those. The only real hockey news I would say, you know, Vince Dunn is out. I think Bruby, and I kind of respect that he didn't mess around and say, we'll see tomorrow. He just said he's out, and he didn't make the trip to San Jose. So that's one news item. The rest of it is more about where they're sitting. And Petrangelo said, you know, a lot of us have been around for a while. And he said, Bozy, you're old now too. And I think they realize, and a guy like O'Reilly, I think had never been in the second round, let alone knocking on the door of the, of the cup final. And I'm sure around town people are afraid to be too excited. <laughs> yeah. We can't help it. We just can't help it. And, Jimmy, you know, we just can't let go of some of the history, and we're always waiting for the anvil around the corner. But the way that team is playing and getting it from a fourth line, Tarasenko playing better, um, I don't know how you can't feel good about the team right now. It's funny you point that out, Martin, because I, I mentioned this in the last hour. I said, well, I think the double overtime goal by Maroon erases Eiserman's goal. You've got a team right now that is – just doing things that we have never seen a Blues team do in terms of, like you pointed out, all four lines are going. Uh, it, I, I'd be curious, are you starting to feel, hey, this is this is probably what this is supposed to feel like. You just As a Blues fan, you never had this opportunity before. Do you feel yeah, that too? I, yeah, and i and I got to say, like, Rich Gould's been around longer than I have in town, and, and he's been saying it for the last month. He said, this one feels different, and I know it's dangerous to kind of feel good. But I think I could tell you tomorrow night, you know who's going to have a big goal? Barbashev. And you'd say, yeah, maybe. Sundquist. And you'd say, I could see that. No, actually, it's Bozek. Yeah, he might. Well, Perron's going to have a big night. I could sell you on about at least 10 guys that could have a big moment, and you'd believe it because you've seen it so far during this postseason. And historically, that's been lacking, whether it's a Draper or these guys. I always talk about the, you know, the third and fourth line Detroit guys that always seem to get a big goal. That's something that stands out to me is you're getting it from all over the place right now, and it's not unthinkable that you could have a winning goal from Sunquest. You could have a winning goal from Barbershop. That that sounds crazy, but it's not right now. Well, it, take it a step further. I would have never thought you would have heard the uh, opposition playing the Blues in the playoffs say something like, well, I think the key is stopping Schwartz. I mean, it's always been a Tarasenko or something. It's not been, hey, we need to stop Jaden Schwartz it, to, to strengthen that point. It is amazing how everybody is getting an opportunity. And also, it is even more amazing what Jaden Schwartz is accomplishing right now. Was, was he available at all today to, to give you a little bit of an insight? Yeah, he talked post-game yesterday. I think what they've tried to do is kind of rotate guys mm-hmm. through, just like they rotate lines. So he talked post-game. He did not talk today. Um you know, we've all seen the numbers, 11 goals in 69 games, and then you say, Jesus, he's got 12 and 18 playoff games. <laughs> it's the talent that we always knew was there. You always heard about it. I think injuries certainly slowed him down a bunch. Um, but I think what Andy Strickland on Fox 2 last night, although we had a great hockey segment, everybody's talking about his coat. He had a yellow, <laughs> he had a yellow sports coat that had a real wild pattern. Immediately, Floyd Irons, the legendary Vashon coach, said, tell Andy, I need that coat. Of course. And then my buddy Chris Dorn from Patio's Technic said, that coat's got to go. So differing opinions on the coat. But he made a great point about Schwartz. He said, think about where all these goals have been. And for the most part, almost all of them have been close range. 
And he's not a big guy, but he has been in the right spot, which is in front of the net. And I, it seems to me it goes hand in hand. Not only is he having better luck and playing at a high level, but he's really putting himself in the right spot, which is in front. This series, I think we all thought the Sharks roster might be better, but we all thought the goalie for San Jose was susceptible. And it does seem like they've tried to go high on the glove side. They've, they've kind of figured him out a little bit. And, and when we look at the end of the series, let's hope that that's what we're talking about, is Bennington was better and Jones was beatable. Uh, Martin, what are you looking forward to seeing most early in Game 6? Do you just want to kind of see more of what we've seen, especially in Game 5, a quick start by the Blues, kind of dominating the Sharks early on? Yeah, I think it's the parallel to the Winnipeg series where you won that big game on the road and you came home and you just really – and I don't know why it doesn't always happen, why a team doesn't have that early jump or energy. If you're ever going to put a team in, in Duck Armstrong, would say shove the knife in their skull or whatever, <laughs> scramble the brain, whatever that great quote was, yeah. if there's ever a time for that mentality, it's in this game, isn't it? I mean, the Sharks, that's a long flight back here after losing a couple in a row. And they're not only, I think, mentally a little beat up. Sure, that's a grizzled veteran team. They've been around. They're not going to just fold the tent. But I think they're also beat up physically. There's a lot of guys, injury-wise, we wonder how healthy they are. And So I think if you can come out and not even just score right away, but play at a high level right away, and maybe maybe you can kind of mentally beat them down by getting up early. You know, I don't know. The Sharks certainly have it in them to win the game. We all know that, but I would love to see it, an early start. Don't don't be flat out of the gate because there'd be no explaining that. We'll get to hear Charles Glenn one more time, and do we have any any inclination of what may be happening in pregame? Maybe we'll have a special guest or anything like that. Do we well, know? Well, I don't know. I think, you know, the weird thing is hockey is so superstitious about everything. I think they sometimes get afraid to, to mix it up too much. You're like, hey, we roll out Charles Glenn. That's our guy. We have the video now with Brett Hull. It was Kelly Chase for a couple of uh, series. But I don't know, and I should ask around about that, maybe maybe one element here or there. But I think for the most part, they don't want to make it seem like they're in the cup finals or that this is the biggest game. You know, I think they want yep. to celebrate when, it, when it's all done. I did think it was cool. I don't know if you saw the picture, and I don't know where Jaden Schwartz lives, but whatever building he lives in, his neighbors all threw hats by his front door. It was pretty cool. So they, <laughs> ah, that is because, awesome. you know, he didn't because he didn't really get that chance in San Jose, although there was the great video online, the one Blues fan who tossed it, and the other Blues fan took it, and one lonely hat made its way to the ice in San Jose. But this morning when he left uh, his house, the front door, there was, I don't know if it was 10 or 15 hats just waiting there for him. There is an energy in the city. You can feel it. Just don't. Take it back to San Jose. And Craig Berube, as intimidating as he is, that's what I want. I want him to look these guys in the eye and point at them and say, I'm not freaking going back to San Jose. You hear me? Yes. That's what I want from Craig to say before that game. Yeah, with all the positive vibes, if it doesn't go well tomorrow night, are we all back in, uh-oh, here we go mode again? Oh, we're on the ledge, yeah. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as that clock strikes zero, if you don't, if you don't win that game sick, I think the whole town will be on the ledge. And then all of the old ghosts and everything will be brought up. And the reality is they could go to San Jose and win a game seven. They played really well on the road. They played well in that building. And that is such a loud place. It gets overused in hockey. Oh, it's a tough place. Mm -hmm. I think San Jose is unique because of the layout. It's not a traditional circular arena. But the best way to silence that crowd, like yesterday, you just take them out of it. When you dominate like that, they were booing. They were leaving early. I mean, that's one way to eliminate the noise is just to 
play well and get up early. And so they could go back there and win. But let's let's not find out what that game. We all love game sevens. Nah. I've never wanted to avoid one more than this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe the secret is just doubting Bennington. Dead's been penned an article against the Dallas series saying he finally looked nervous. He then allowed, I think, four goals over the last three games of that series. And then after game one against San Jose, Toronto Sportsnet had a uh, column that read, uh, some in the hockey world have wh- whispered if Blues goalie Jordan Bennington is the 2019 version of the Hamburglar, wondering if he's starting, if he caught lightning in a huh. bottle and is now starting to fade. Since then, he has a, a 927 save percentage in the four yeah. games since then. Yeah, I think that, you know, it was – the great line, do I look nervous, then this whole maybe he's, well, maybe he's fatigued because they did score. Even the game three loss where he wasn't terrible, they overtime, hand pass or not, it was a total of five goals, sort of alarming. And some people were saying, well, maybe the guy's, you know, fatigued. I think we need him now to look into the mic and say, do I look tired? (laughs) I mean, and and yesterday's another one of those games where he just kind of quietly, if you can have a quiet shutout in the playoffs, he did. I mean, just kind of quietly got it done. And there's some nights – you don't have to be, you know, standing on your head. You don't have to make dramatic saves. You just have to make all the saves that are in front of you, whether they're hard challenges or not. I mean, he he has that quiet confidence. So since the hand pass, what's he given up? One goal in two games? I mean, that's, that's winning hockey. Martin, if uh, Jordan Bennington wants to buy a car, where should he go? Well, I would suggest you go to Offenberg Hyundai. That's located in O'Fallon. It's just a, a, a McKinnis slap shot from downtown. <laughs> ah, I like that. For a lot. Yeah, Offenberg Hyundai is O'Fallon, Illinois. That's the original Hyundai dealer in this area. That means Grandpa Offenberg started it all back in 1989. And not only the original Hyundai dealer, but they continue to lead in customer satisfaction. Service before, during, after the sale, that's important to them, so they track it. You can find out more at OffenbergHyundai.com or in person off Highway 64, O'Fallon, Illinois, and get off at Green Mountain Road. Exit great service. Stop by. Go for a test drive today. They also have pre-owned vehicles on the lot for less than $10,000. Get a third car for the kids or for the family. Again, it's all online at OffenbergHyundai.com. When it comes to being on the bridge, the fence, the cliff, whatever, I'm guessing Hoffman and his cardinal takes today have been Sizzling high is the sea. No, no, Martin, I'll be honest. I got to do it like once or twice a year. I vent up my frustrations on usually just the Cardinals, occasionally Marquette, but then I'm good for a while. I was watching the game yesterday. I was relaxed. They lost. That's fine. I, I got all my frustrations out. Okay. Twitter is serving a purpose for you. It is. It does. Cathartic. Yes, it, it, it really is, actually. The, the Blues uh, positivity precedes everything. It, everything just seems so much better, Martin. Doesn't maybe matter. that's what maybe that's what they need to say tomorrow. Hey, Mo, your team's are, yeah. I know we're struggling, but how about those Blues? <laughs> exactly right. Go Bennington. Maybe that maybe that that's the move. I tell you what, my my favorite is whenever Mike Schilt is mad, I'm happy because he's such a mild mannered guy. I love to see him in those situations where he's just torqued off and he's standing up for his guy. But every once in a while, I'm like, wow, I I didn't know he had it in him. Uh, I'll ask this question of you because you're down there a lot. It seems like. One of his go-to, go-to phrases is, well, we're looking into that. Every time he gets asked a tough question, well, we're looking into that. That seems to be yeah. the, the Mike Schilt go-to so far. Yeah, I can hear I can hear that in my head, and it is kind of a cover-all. Like, we don't have a great answer for you. Right. <laughs> but or, or I don't want to throw somebody out there. So, yeah, I, 
I could see him leaning on that a little bit, and it, it buys you a little time before. Well, what are you going to do with so and so? Looks like he's ready for Memphis. But well, we'll look into that. <laughs> yes. If you're the play, and if you're ever the player, I guess you could walk up to him and say, "Hey, uh, Skip, are we are we still looking into that? Because it sounds like maybe I'm on the way out. Are we? Cause I might need to know more if you're really looking into that. Oh uh, well, if, if nothing else, the Cardinals get Homer Bailey tomorrow, so that's a slump buster for the Cards if they. Got anything to look forward to? He has been Man, he's, still, uh, he's been rough. Still cashing checks, right? I mean, still it's amazing. Checks. No doubt. That Royals series, nothing will get this. That might that might actually supersede the Blues when you got the Royals in town. Nothing gets this city more fired up. Is that up. your lead Tuesday night, Cardinals Royals? Right. <laughs> you know, I will tell you this: on the news side of it, there's supposed to be severe weather Tuesday oh, night. Oh no! And I'm not saying in terms of coverage, but Blues fans, you may. You may get stuck in the building for all, which could be a good thing. You may not want to leave because of the outcome, but also because of the severe weather. You may, and if the Cardinal game, if they want to just cancel that early, I'm sure Jody's okay with that. <laughs> hey, well, one more thing before I let you go, Martin. I wanted to ask you this because we kind of talked a little bit about it on Friday. A near PGA championship collapse yesterday, but I don't think anybody in this town even paid attention to that. The, the championship really got put on the back page here in town. Yeah, if I'm if I'm the the PGA Tour, and the, I think I just I'd look at that decision, which I like because it goes April, May, June, July for your majors from the Masters, the PGA, the U.S. Open to the British. But if the idea was to get out of August because you didn't get noticed, I think your competition might be stiffer with the popularity of the NBA playoffs, NHL not as big as the NBA around the, the country, but that's still a lot going on. Baseball's going on. I. I'm not sure it's the best move because Brooks Kepka is almost as big a star as you can get other than Tiger right now. The guy's winning majors left and right, and it didn't seem to just get a whole lot of play. I mean, Jordan Speed, Dustin Johnson, you had a marquee leaderboard, and I realize we're locked in on the hockey right. on a game five on Sunday, but I, I just didn't think nationally it, it got the play it normally would. When you got those kind of players, sure, if Tiger had made the cut, it would have changed it. I, I just wonder if they'll rethink the decision. I guess if they flip it now, it looks bad. So they'll probably commit to it and leave it alone. But I, it certainly didn't seem to get the cut, especially when on Sunday you had a blowout win, but then you didn't because at one point Johnson was one shot back. I was not watching closely on the 18th. We were on the air. right? But apparently CBS just got tattooed because Kepka's still got to complete the round clean. And his second shot from near the bunker, or if he's in the bunker, and they cut to like the interview of Dustin Johnson, and, and uh, the golf fans just were insane. And now they had yeah. the video of Kepka in the box, but I think that if Rudy Martzky were still writing, that would be the Oops Award. Oh, wow. No doubt about that. Hey, Martin, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be watching on 2 Fox, and we'll look forward to hearing you tomorrow here on 590 The Fan. Yeah, and I believe we'll be live from Enterprise Center from 10 to 1, working out the details, but uh, look forward to that. It's going to be all blues all day tomorrow. Just to be clear, you mocked us for leading into this interview talking about a, a very popular television show, and then you ended the interview with a Rudy Martsky reference. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, he was, he was in the sports world, at least. He still falls under the sports umbrella, okay? It's still falls. No, I'm, you guys get back to your Dungeons and Dragons talk now. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Bye. Martin. All right, see you. All right, Martin Kilcoy with us here. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. We'll take a break. Second half hour on the way next.